Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Thanks for joining us today here on America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker and Scott Kirshner. And uh, myself, my name is Chris Swan. We do appreciate you joining us today. Here's how you reach out. 419-794-3030. It's 419-794-3030 online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. You might have heard me uh, trip up a little bit at the beginning because uh, Nolan is not with us this week. But uh, Scott, glad to be with you as always. And Chaz, Chaz Price, glad to be with you as well. How are you guys doing today? Yeah, we're doing really, really well. Um, I'm doing fantastic. AEP ended, uh, as you all know, mm-hmm. um, uh, last Tuesday, and um, uh, and I'm I'm feeling good. I can kind of breathe a little bit. I do have another week yet of um, open enrollment for the marketplace, but uh, we're doing well. The weather is taking a turn, getting it's chilly out there a little bit, so I'm not really happy about that. But uh, things are doing well. Things are ramping up for Christmas and. Um, uh, hopefully we can uh, spend some really good quality time this year with Christmas and the family and, uh, and friends. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good to be back on the show. Um, been a while actually. Yeah. Yeah. So it has been glad I was, uh, was able to fill in today and yeah, my busy season, Scott is actually coming to a peak too. Uh, the end of the year is usually really busy for advisors, uh, year end planning, uh, RMDs, all that good stuff. So got some vacation planned coming up here pretty soon. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I was going to say, well, most people, you know, they, they ease into the holidays, maybe slack off that last week. Not the case with you guys, because there's a lot of end of year planning that needs to go on. And, uh, you know, Scott, I was going to say, you look like when you came in, you got a, a lighter spring in your step because the annual election period <laughs> is over. But the question is, what's next for Medicare? We're going to talk about that later on in the show. But first, I want to talk about this. Millennials, that includes me, I'll go ahead and put that disclaimer out there, uh, have witnessed plenty of economic turmoil in their lifetimes, like stock market and housing crashes. But An article in the New York Times points out one phenomenon that we have not experienced before is rapid inflation, like all of us are seeing right now. Suddenly, you know, things cost more. Gasoline, rent, used cars, restaurant meals. Baby boomers, on the other hand, well, you guys remember the great inflation of the 1970s, just as many of you were entering the workforce. Does that give boomers an advantage when it comes to controlling costs, or are their memories short? Do they have that that, that tunnel vision? Uh, What are you noticing when it comes to clients coming in? Well, you know, Chris, that's a great question. And in fact, I'm going to kind of throw it back at you here for a second also. But I am, um, I know you mentioned you're, uh, you're the uh, millennial. Barely, I am actually, yes. I'm barely the uh, boomer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and you know, I, I look back and I remember those days when, you know, the gas prices were, were really low and all of a sudden they started going up because I started paying though for all of those things myself. And, um, uh, you know, Chaz, I don't know about you, but I, I don't have a short memory. And I think what's happening right now with inflation, the way it is, as high as it is today, it brings back those memories for me. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the other thing that's really rising for me is my blood pressure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not a good thing, but it just it, it just kind of infuriates me that when you look at COVID and what it's done to uh, to our economy and and the way things are, and it's an excuse for people to offer subpar customer service. 
you know, you go to any place and uh, they don't have any staffing in that. And then Thanksgiving, I go to the store to pick up some things for, you know, the Thanksgiving dinner and that, and the prices are just outrageous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember that. And I remember back in the day um, when inflation was really high and, and, you know, my parents were complaining about it. And, yeah, I was a boomer, but that stuff didn't really hit home with me. I recognized it. But now it brings back those memories. So, you know, I don't know. My opinion, yeah, I think I think that does help us to have a little bit more stability and, and faith in, in the market and, and understand how it's gone. But... Uh, Chaz, what do you got to add? Well, yeah, I um, I agree. I think the issue is beyond just millennials or baby boomers right now. It's just kind of one of those black swan events or unique times in history when we're seeing some some inflation. And uh, most of everything that I've read says it's uh, going to be more transitory. It's not something that's going to be long term. It's mm-hmm. kind of a function of uh, labor shortages and chip shortages or whatever it may be. Um, I like to talk a little bit about the millennials because I I love that generation. I feel like sometimes they get a bad rap. Chris, you, you guys get bad raps. I'm right there. Yeah, I'm almost a uh, a millennial. Yeah, we're both on the cusp. I think you're on you're on the other end. I'm on. Yeah, yeah. I'm almost there. So I mean, uh, I think sometimes people blame millennials for stuff, and <laughs> uh, you know, they they do have a lot of good traits. Obviously, you know, they're the first generation to come up in kind of that technology era. Mm-hmm. Uh, experience virtual reality and the good internet, as I refer to it. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that some millennials do struggle with right now is debt. And mm-hmm. I think more so than other generations, I think a lot of it has to do with student loan debt. Mm-hmm. And also the fact maybe that interest rates are have just historically been lower during their lifetime. So they're more inclined to borrow. Mm-hmm. And what I think that's doing also is by having so much of debt in your financial situation, it's prohibiting them from really buying things, uh, big ticket items, particularly houses and, you know, how furnishings for the house and, you know, appliances and some of those big ticket items that would definitely lead you to maybe think twice about buying something because it, it's accelerated, you know, it's inflated in price. So that might be an issue. Uh, also, while millennials aren't really affecting or feeling the effects of inflation so much, it could also be the fact that they're kind of in their peak earnings years right now. So the millennials are between the ages of 30 and 40 years old mm-hmm. and should be, um, you know, making, you know, approaching their max earnings years mm-hmm. and their, their earnings should really be keeping up with inflation. And so maybe that's just not uh, hitting home yet. Maybe they're still living at home with uh in the basement mom dad you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never know you know so. I, you're not doing that are you chris no i, mean, I did that uh, i did that briefly uh between jobs a couple of years ago where I, I stayed at my parents house for about six months and that's saying you can't go home again it is yeah. it's the truth you don't, you don't want do to you gotta do yeah as soon as as soon as we got everything squared away i told my wife i said all right we have to find a place to live because this is not going to cut it but uh <laughs> you know it, you're, you're right Chaz and scott it, things do cost more right now and and it is for, in my instance i can go I don't like it, but you grin and bear it and you just, you just pay it if it's something that you need. Obviously, I wouldn't advise anybody out there uh, to go out and, and maybe do house hunting right now while things are, are so elevated. But as I mentioned earlier, the great inflation of the 70s, as a lot of uh, boomers were entering into the workforce, you know, now they're on the other side of it. Inflation is still here and they're retiring. And, and mm-hmm. so you have this money, you have this, this nest egg that you have saved up and, and you plan on making it last for 20, 30 years, however you're going to spend in retirement. But if things are costing more, it kind of throws the whole plan into flux, right? So how do, how do you guys counteract that? How do you account for 
the fact that not just things are going to cost more, but uh, in this case, at an accelerated rate? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think one of the common misconceptions that we get in the finance world is that people tend to feel, investors tend to feel that inflation is good for the stock market and for the economy, uh, the stock market particularly because, you know, companies are able to charge more for their goods and services. When in fact, you know, that is the case, but, you know, by having a higher cost in inputs that go into making some of those products and services, uh, companies either have to eat that cost or they have to pay it, pass it on to uh -huh. their consumers. And mm -hmm. so it's actually not really a good thing to have inflation in the stock market as a as a general rule. But there are some sectors of the economy that you can invest in that would help offset that inflation. What I mean by that is um, take, for instance, a category of investment called consumer staples, where you know, the, the demand for those products like paper products and food and, um, you know, prescription drugs and pharmaceutical items and things like that, the demand for those products and services are really inelastic, meaning it doesn't move mm -hmm. much whether, um, you know, they're $5, uh, you know, a, a roll or uh, $10 a roll for, mm -hmm. for toilet paper. You're still going to have to buy it. So, you know, looking at your portfolio and yes, investing in equities has traditionally been one way that you can help keep up with inflation. Uh, but you really want to know exactly what type of stocks you own in that portfolio, because as I said, you know, some sectors tend to hold up a little bit better than others as compared to like a consumer discretionary item where, as the name denotes, it's at the discretion of the consumer to buy it, like maybe a new car or travel or mm -hmm. hobbies they may be inclined to not buy those those sort of items. So you see clients starting to shift portfolios from more of those cyclical names more into the everyday, you know, demand sort of uh, investments. That's one way. Yeah, you know, I look at that too, and there's a lot of people out there that um, we're going to find a way. Americans, for the most part, we've always found a way to get through the yeah. hard times. And, you know, uh, you, you reflect back on 9-11 and, and you brought the country together and, and inflation goes up and, and um, you know, when the market crashed, everybody, you find a way. And I think, and I don't know about you, and I don't want to speak for all millennials, Chris, but if you think about it, a lot of the millennials that I associate with, they don't really worry or concern themselves about a lot of these costs because they find a way to get it done. And, and like you said, Chaz, maybe it's because they are in their peak earning mm -hmm. periods of their lives. And, well, you know what, we'll just make more tomorrow. Yeah. And, and um, uh, I need this, uh, whatever the, the product may Gotta be, and it. I'm going to go buy it. And it's not going to really impact their life because they still do it. You know, you think about the gas prices. You know, I'm driving a, a, a big pickup truck. Yeah. I remember the days when gas prices were, were skyrocketing and people were getting rid of their gas guzzlers, they called them back then, and they still do, and, and getting these little cars. I remember mm -hmm. my dad, you know, he would drive, um, you know, 20 miles to work, and he ended up buying this tiny little, he was a big guy, he bought this tiny little car that got like 38, 40 miles to the gallon back then. Mm -hmm. um, and today I don't see that. I just see people still... I love my truck and I'm going to have my truck and mm -hmm. I don't care what the gas price is because I could afford to pay it. Yeah. It could be also that there's just a lot of other things that are going on for people to be worrying about right now. <laughs> well, Namely, that's true. Surviving yeah. sure. being one. Uh, we've got income inequality, student debt, as I said, trying to find affordable housing, 
racial inequality, you know, there's just a lot of other things for millennials to be worrying about right now. So that maybe inflation's number 10 on the list uh, mm -hmm. could be, but it's certainly on the list, but maybe, yeah, like you said, not as, as high priority. Uh, Scott, you said something there, uh, and then it's the attitude of, yeah, you know, I'm going to go ahead and pay for it. I'll just go and make more money tomorrow, which is the case for me. And, and I think people that are still in the working world, but mm -hmm. the show is called America's Retirement Headquarters. We're speaking to retirees and pre-retirees where they're not going to say, oh, I'm going to go out and make more money tomorrow because, well, they're retired. It's now about how do I make this money uh, right. last me for, for my retirement, what I've spent all this time working for. And that's where having a plan comes into play. And that is where America's Retirement Headquarters comes into play. The Retirement Guys Formula, America's Medicare Associates, all of it comes into play. So to start developing that plan for you, 419-794-3030 is how you get started. That's 419-794-3030, or if you prefer online, americasretirementheadquarters.com. Another factor to consider in retirement, Social Security, at some point after you retire, obviously, you're going to collect it. It might surprise you to learn you're probably going to have to pay some of that money back to Uncle Sam in the form of taxes. As a matter of fact, over the next decade, they're expecting retirees to pay about $650 billion, with a B, in taxes on their Social Security benefits. And I can already hear my dad grumbling about this. <laughs> Didn't we already pay taxes on that money while we were working? What's, what's the story here? Yeah, that's a good point, Chris. And I think that's definitely something that's always on everybody's mind is uh, the concept of double taxation and the fact that with Social Security, uh, you pay. And you may even go as far as triple, quadruple taxation when you look at it because you pay sales tax, um, you pay tax on your earnings, and then once you finally retire, you pay tax on the benefits that you paid to get by paying taxes. Mm -hmm. And so it's definitely a, a gripe. Um, the, the point is that, unfortunately, that double taxation, if you will, on Social Security benefits very is very lucrative for the United States government and for the Treasury. It's uh, probably the top one or two sources of revenue for Social Security. Um, the number one being that uh, Social Security Reserve Fund mm -hmm. that um, currently is, is, I think, in jeopardy. Um, I've done some research, and this was a while ago during my MBA studies, and we had to write a paper on Social Security. And I think the, the estimates at that time, and they're still accurate today, is that that Social Security Reserve Fund is dwindling and at some point close to 2035, 2037, somewhere around there, is expected to be exhausted. That means that the majority of the benefits that you're gonna be receiving if you're on Social Security are gonna be coming from the FICA taxes, the Social Security and Medicare taxes that um, workers are paying into. And so at this time, I believe it's about 16 payers for every one beneficiary. Um, wow. As you know, the baby boomer generation is kind of sunsetting into the later stages of retirement, and you know, people just aren't having that many children. Families aren't that big. There, there's a, a, a dearth of workers, a shortage of workers, and so it's expected that you know that percentage of how many workers paying into Social Security is really going to dwindle down to about two to one, three to one. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, there are some pretty significant issues with Social Security, and um, it's definitely something that I think is going to be on future uh, political platforms in some reform. It's just not clear on how to tackle that yet. So that being said, um, back to the original point is that it's not going away. Taxation, uh, we pay about 12.4% um, in wages 
to up to about one hundred thirty-seven thousand uh, dollars of of earnings that go towards Social Security. We pay half of that as a as an employee, and then the employer pays the other half. And so it's a very lucrative um, position for the government to be in as far as paying Social Security taxes. One thing that you can do is if you're on Social Security and let's say, for instance, that's your only source of income. You know, one thing that we've been doing, especially kind of going back to the beginning of the, the show here, some of our year end planning involves making sure that we're taking advantage of negative or zero taxable income. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not aware of this, you're, not all of your Social Security benefits are taxable. At the most, only about 85% of your Social Security wages are going to be taxable. So that guess that's a, a silver lining, if you will, a bright spot, mm-hmm. um, that not 100% of the, earning, the earnings from Social Security are taxable. But if your, your provisional income, your provisional income is all the other sources of, of income that you have and half of your Social Security as a, an individual filer, if that's $25,000 uh, or less, then you pay zero tax on your Social Security benefits. If it's between 25 and 32, then you pay 50%. And if it's over 32,000, you pay tax on 85% of your benefits. And so what we've, I, what we've noticed is that some uh, families, some individuals that maybe Social Security is their only source of income. I had that situation just this week. And reviewing his tax return, he pays zero tax at all. His taxable income is zero. So the suggestion was, okay, in your IRAs, Mm -hmm. Steve, why don't we take and we convert some of the money in your IRA to a Roth IRA? Because you still have a a deduction, you know, that you haven't fully used. Your Mm -hmm. only income other than Social Security was about $5,000. You know, he gets a $12,000 standard deduction why not fill up your taxable income, add another six, five or six thousand dollars to your taxable income, mm-hmm. so that after your deduction offsets that, you still are at a, a zero tax break. And it kept the income, the provisional income less than twenty five thousand, so his social security wasn't taxable. So again, through you know, yes, uh, social security benefits are hypothetically double taxed. It's probably not gonna go away, but there are some things that we can do to kind of help offset some of the taxes and it help at least put you on uh, more level ground with Uncle Sam and uh, making sure he doesn't take too much of that money. Obviously, knowing that you're going to have to pay taxes, you're probably going to have to pay taxes at Social Security. When when the taxation first started in 1984, it affected about one out of every 10 households. Today, it's about 50-50. So uh, it has increased because those income thresholds have not changed since when they were first incepted. People are making more money these days. And so uh, that's why it affects more people. Just out of curiosity, I looked this up while you were talking, Chaz. I want you guys to mm-hmm. guess. So the according to SSA.gov, this is the last data they have is from 2013. They said, you're right, about three people paying for every one beneficiary of Social Security. Yeah. When it was first created in the 40s, any guess on, on what the ratio was then? Hmm. I would say probably... 25 to 30 just because people weren't living as long. I don't know. That's a good question. Scott, what do you think? Oh, gosh. I have no clue. Play it on me. Uh, In 1940, according to to this, again, from SSA.gov, 159.4 workers paying in for every one beneficiary. But you're right, though, because when people were claiming back then, you know, they only lived maybe another Mm -hmm. two or three years beyond Social Security claiming age. These days, people are obviously living much longer, and that's Mm -hmm. great. 
But sure. it's part of the reason that we're that and the fact that less people are paying in per one beneficiary is one of the reasons that Social Security is in the position it is right now. And so, like you said, the taxation situation is probably not going to change any time down the road. Knowing about it is one thing. Planning for it and maybe planning around it, especially at the end of the year here, is a whole other thing. And that's where uh, Chaz Price and America's Retirement Headquarters can help out. 419-794-3030. That's how you get started. Go ahead and, and give a call again right here at the end of the year and, and see what moves you can make to, uh, you know, hopefully uh, lighten the tax burden down the road for you. 419-794-3030. So we teed it up at the beginning of the show here. Annual election period is officially over. Again, uh, Scott breathing a huge sigh of relief, walking with a bigger pep in his step. But what is next yes. for Medicare? A lot of people have made their changes for 2022, but is there more to do? Uh, can they just sit back and wait until next year, next next AEP, or is there more to do? Well, you know, for me, I, I, I was hoping that was the case, but it's never <laughs> the case, actually, uh, not at all. Um, so so I, I put together a little hit list of some of the things that, um, that you need to be prepared for. Um, so if you have met with your um, uh, advisor uh, and you have made a change, uh, keep in mind that your prescription drug plan, um, if you change that, it'll the old one will automatically cancel and be replaced by the new one. Uh, if you have a Medicare Advantage plan, the prescription card will automatically cancel and, and um, uh, your Advantage plan will have your prescription card uh, coverage on that. Uh, also, if you have a supplement and you go from a supplement to an Advantage plan, you're going to need to cancel that supplement on your own. Uh, your advisor or agent won't be able to make that cancellation for you in most cases. Um, and the one big misconception a lot of people have is, you know, they see it's because everything is plastered all over the television, you know, the um, AEP and, and um, all these commercials with uh, Three Joes and uh, Jimmy uh, Walker yeah, huh? and Dynamite, <laughs> uh, all of that stuff. Um, if you have a supplemental policy or a Medigap plan, that is not impacted by the AEP. If you do have a supplement or Medigap, you must have an individual or a PDP plan, prescription drug plan, that is impacted by AEP. So you wanna make sure that you update that because the drugs change in that. And that's already happened. Um, you do get the opportunity in uh, after January 1st to, from January 1st through March, 31st, we are in the open enrollment period, and the open enrollment period allows you to make that one more change. If for some reason you feel that the plan that you chosen, and let's say you switch to an Advantage plan, and the plan you chosen is not necessarily what you think it was, or maybe you found out that a doctor's not in the network that was originally... Uh, or you just don't feel comfortable with that change, you get a do-over. Uh, so you can make a change um, to the Advantage plan that you have, and uh, you get that opportunity from January 1st through March 31st. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that are still going to be happening. If you are one of those people that turned 65 um, during the 2022 period, uh, you have your IEP, which is an inception, uh, your initial inception period, which you can sign up for a Medicare supplement or an Advantage plan at that time. Uh, so there are still things to do. Uh, you can sit back and enjoy your holidays with the family and friends uh, because, once that change is made, nothing really takes place until January 1st. 
so the plan you have right now will still be in effect until January 1st. Any changes will start then. You should be getting your ID cards in the mail, uh, depending on when you enrolled in your new Advantage plan. You should start getting your ID cards in the mail or getting contacted from the uh, new company. That should already be taking place. Uh, they shut it down on the 7th of December, and the simple reason for that is they want to give enough time for these companies to get the ID cards in your hands mm-hmm. before January 1st. Uh, so that should be happening. You should be good there. Um, and, you know, my advice to people would be this. Just try and relax. Stick with your plan. Don't beat yourself over whether or not I made the right choice. It's 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 a good move. Your advisor wouldn't have advised you to do that if he had your best interest in in, in, in hand. Trust what you've done. You know, it's kind of like when I go buy an automobile. You know, I beat myself up, and you know, you make that large purchase. <laughs> buyers like, remorse. Oh, yeah, buyers remorse. You know, and and if I feel I got a good deal, I'm happy, and I walk out of there, and and I and I, and I forget about it. Um, so there are a few things you have to do, but. At this point, it's mostly on the the agent or the broker. Uh, The companies will get their information out to you and uh, enjoy your holiday with your family and friends and and, um, try to sit back and not worry about it. Ultimately, that's the most important thing, you know, being able to have the confidence that you you made the correct decision during the annual election period. So I wrote it down here. You got the annual election period. You got the open enrollment period. You got the IEP. I don't know how you keep track of all these, Scott. Fortunately... I don't have to. And unfortunately for our <laughs> listeners out there, they don't have to rely on me to handle their, their Medicare situations. That, again, is where Scott Kirshner comes into play. And to speak with him or anybody at the team at America's Retirement Headquarters, it's real easy. 419-794-3030. If you have questions about end-of-the-year planning, if you have questions about Medicare and what still can and can't be done, if you have questions about just putting your plan together to protect yourself from you know the ups and downs of the market as you get closer to retirement, it's right there. 419-794-3030. You can always go online, americasretirementheadquarters.com. I said it at the beginning of the show, and I'm going to say it again because I truly do mean it. We appreciate you joining us here on America's Retirement Headquarters. I hope you have an excellent week ahead. If you hope you uh, enjoy the holidays, if we don't get a chance to speak beforehand. And guys, as we wrap up, I want to leave you with the final word. Well, I, I echo uh, what you said, Chris. I want to thank each and every listener for uh, for following us and, and listening. And uh, Chaz, I want to thank you for uh, yeah. uh, stepping in. And, and Happy I, to do I it, guys. Really appreciate it. And uh, to everybody out there, enjoy your holiday and your family, and uh, be safe through the uh, through the holidays. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787. 